702. The political desk. The political story you can't ignore is certainly around public procurement, especially when it comes to COVID-19 plans and the fight against the pandemic, right? Every day we've been telling you stories of procurement gone wrong. The latest now is this contractor uh, who was uh, supplying uh, materials to build tents and partitions to screen COVID-19 at the Far East Rand Hospital. It's on the front page of the Star this morning. They were allowed uh, to revise an initial quote of around 140,000 Rand, uh, inflated now to 404 thousand without the process being reviewed without the losing build bidders to be uh, being invited to uh, resubmit their quotes it's the kind of thing that's happening all the time while well, kasatu has called for a stop to it we are joined now uh, by their parliamentary coordinator matthew parks always a pleasure to chat to you welcome back to our program uh, good morning thank you for having me Of course, we know National Treasury uh, has been making announcements about uh, what government needs to do, particularly with emergency procurement relating to PPEs, right? Just broadly, from Kosatu's point of view, how disappointing have the daily reports now all across the country telling us that there are shenanigans with procurement to deal with the pandemic? Look, it's extremely disappointing. I mean, I think we're as angry as anybody else in society. Uh, we had raised concerns about this, but we, we saw this is the likelihood of happening with government long before, and they basically ignored us. We had objected to decentralized because, you know, in the provincial governments, the levels of anarchy and lawlessness are, are rampant. And it ha- basically has three consequences. <clears throat> One is that you have corruption and that badly needed money which should be to saving people's lives, reinforcing the hospitals, helping to create jobs, is lost to people who want to profit beer. It means that health workers who need a very strong type of uh, PPEs, stronger than you and I would need, to protect them from their patients, from the conditioned hospitals, are given poor quality PPEs, and that puts their lives and then their families' lives at risk. And we're now going to see some nurses dying as a consequence of this shot in equipment. And then also it means that when we need to save local jobs by buying locally produced goods, we are sacrificing those jobs because we're allowing some idiots to loot and to import cheap quality imports from overseas. So it really has three massive negative folds on us. And of course, it's hitting the national psyche that it's feeling we're never dealing with this corruption. Governor is just simply yeah. incapable of dealing with it. Are you encouraged at all by the presentation made by Finance Minister Didon Boweni to Parliament yesterday? Did that give you any hope uh, that things will change? Um, yes and no. I think, to be honest, the presentation was very soft. It didn't speak to the specific proposals that we had made and others are making. Um, we felt it was far too administrative, not really responding to the gist of the, of the public anger. They should have been bought, not give us platitudes and explanations and analysis, just cut to the chain and say, look, we are going to set up special anti-corruption courts like we did with the 2010 World Rapid Response Courts. They should have said that boldly, that we're going to centralize all public procurement of PPEs and cancel the provincial governments and municipal governments' involvement. They should have said, and look, it goes beyond tragedy. Tragedy has only certain limited powers. But now needs the presidency, the police, the NPA, etc. to say, look, we're going to start arresting people. The presidency should be removing political office bearers who are failing. The premiers as well should be removing the NSCs who are simply failing. So you need a multiple intervention point. 
Um, there's very specific policies we have made, but government has to show the political will to deal with this. Um, I think it was positive that the yeah. minister said they're going to publish all the PPE tenders, but they need to do that immediately, not just the legality as they usually do. Matthew, you mentioned the issue of political will, right? I have been calling particularly for, uh, and I'm not talking about the rank and file civil servant here now, but I've been calling for particularly decision makers where their family and friends bid for business with the state to no longer have that allowed. That doesn't seem to be coming through quite just yet. Yes, exactly. And we raise that. Um, under the Financial Intelligence Center Act, the SICA Act, it now defines legally politically exposed persons. So, for example, the wives, or the husbands, or the children of politicians. So that's a legally defined category. And we even say, look, simply ban those persons, in other words, the family of politicians, from doing business with the state. We can't be arguing about constitutional delicacies when corruption is rampant. Government is very bold and says public servants legally now are not allowed to have tenants in the state. Fine. And they simply apply the same medicine to politicians. Because what we've seen in Gauteng, in Limpopo, in Eastern Cape, Kaysedan, and I'm very sure in the other provinces, is that politicians are basically looting. And what you saw in Gauteng was basically a political who's who of getting contracts. And these are people who don't have any manufacturing capacity, yeah. not only single production equipment, had never produced one PP in their life, but yet, yet all of a sudden, they're getting contracts with hundreds of millions of rands. Matthew, I've got to they ask you, have... I've got to ask you, as part of the alliance, surely Kasatu should be having some influence. Yes and no. I mean, we, on many fronts, we do manage to have influence. So, for example, on the unemployment insurance fund, we managed to f- force it to get it today to release almost 40 billion rand worth of relief during the lockdown. And we've been able to have a lot of influence in that regard. So that's positive. But you also, it's a, it's a hell of an uphill battle when you're dealing with corruption because of the levels of corruption in the agency and in government, municipalities, in fact, all political parties who are governing. It's so deep-rooted. It's a, it's a huge fight. But you have to keep pushing. Um, we appreciate that the president doesn't lead a united party, that within the top leaders of the agency, there are people who are deeply implicated in looting for many, many years. But it has to be bold yeah. to start breaking skulls. People need to see politicians in prison and give us just a sense of hope that government is now becoming serious and the actual result in dealing with corruption. Matthew Parks, I appreciate your time. Kasatu's parliamentary coordinator there on the line. Yet another call for the president to be bold. I'm reminded of these words spoken by a former president about what we as citizens can allow to happen when we don't speak out against those in power. There would be people who would want to exploit the condition of our people and behave as Umgodoy behaves. But it would be very, very important that we should be vigilant so that we don't have Imigodoy taking charge of our lives. Mkoto is not a swear word, by the way. It's a Zulu or Kosa word, a Nguni word, really, uh, that refers to sort of your pavement special right your pavement special uh this is of course uh you know um uh, yeah the behavior of dogs really that's what uh, former president tabombegi was talking about there you have to wonder if we are being led by imi godoy at this stage